Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Desert Island Games on the Retro I'm on Radio Network. Your host John, aka GL76 Gaming. Each week we invite a guest to choose eight retro games that we take on to Desert Island, as well as one book and one luxury item. This week I'm delighted to welcome, as well as my loud keyboard, the awesome 90s video game dude, aka Rich. I'm delighted to, delighted to have you on the show. Thank you very much. It is a pleasure and a privilege to, to be on Desert Island Games. Yes. And Sorry, uh, are you both here tonight, or is it just yourself, Rich? Uh, I think it's just myself. The the um, the dude is um, he's away hunting buffalo in Canada, I believe. Oh, boo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you you do just the same. Oh. Um, <laughs> Like, like I said, um, I'm delighted to have you on the show. Um, if I could describe your channel or, or your character or yourself, I would say mad, but in a nice way. Well, <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably describe it as that as well, to be honest. Uh, yeah, 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 very good. I, I like, yeah, I, I think actually I might put it as a tagline on my channel, to be honest. Mad, <laughs> but in a nice way. Well, I think they're up. I think they're up. <laughs> I'll give you a credit, Bo. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> just a just a quick word on um, Richie's channel for anybody that's been on the rock. Uh, he's got some uh, lots of pickup videos, um, silly wigs, cool hats, <laughs> gameplays, uh, and I hope I'll get the name of this right because you've not done it for a while. But you had a series called Japanorama. Is that? The I did indeed. Yeah, it's um, it will be back at some point. The, the thing is, because I've got this uh, this Japanese Saturn thing at the moment, which I'm doing. But uh, yeah, once I finally get some more uh, Japanese games, it, I will be doing it again. It, it's just a sort of very um, a very uh, what's the word? Thing on there, aren't you? Uh, not very, <laughs> not very often thing. Every once in a while, that's what I call it. Yeah, I was going to mention the Sega Saturn Quest in a moment, so I'll get to that. For the listeners, um, anybody that's wondering, we do have uh, a kind of hidden guest in the background. Or I open the back front door. Who <laughs> possibly doesn't know that you're still on here. It's Mister Chris Shank, but. I don't know who he's listening or he's talking, but um, I apologise about that. Anyway, <laughs> we'll move on. Awesome <laughs> um, place. Yeah, um, you also recently did a 100 sub special. Congratulations again on reaching 100. Yeah, thank you very much. You invited the community to have a go at the Sonic 2 on the first level, uh, of which I I done 37 seconds. Was was not too bad, but it was. Nowhere near the winning score by last week's Desert Island Games guest, Monkey Spaz 5000. Yes, he did very well, although I did beat his time. You did. Uh, but I wasn't allowed to, to enter. But um, yeah. I think it did take me, I think, about 25 goes to actually get that. It did, uh, it did, take, me, it did take me a while, so I did cheat a little bit. I tried and tried and tried, <laughs> and, I've, and I've got Sonic 2 on 
different various formats. I've got it on Xbox, PS Vita, um, PlayStation Two, and I've even went to bed playing Sonic Two, trying to beat more, even beat one score. Just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I did my time on the um, Sonic Mega Collection Plus or something like that on the PlayStation Two. And I found it really hard to start off with trying to play Sonic 2 on the uh, PlayStation 2 controller. I just wasn't used to it. But uh, it, it just hasn't... For some reason, it just didn't have the responsiveness of the Mega Drive pad for some reason. don't know why. But uh, I managed to uh, to work around it anyway. Yeah. Well, I did manage to console for a little bit. Um, I was travelling down on the train down to Blackburn uh, two weeks ago with my wife. Uh, and I said, I gave her a PS Vita, and I said, um, have a go at that, see how fast you can do that level one. And she done it in 46 seconds, so that made me feel a little bit better. <laughs> no, that can beat my life. Not, <laughs> not that way, but, um, anyway. <laughs> uh, and of course, you, uh, as you've already mentioned, you've been doing your Sega Saturn quest, um, and you're collecting for the Japanese one. That's right, yeah, it's called um, Journey to Planet Saturn. So, I've always liked the... Saturn because it's just got so much um, so much more quality titles and um, they've got like the uh, Japanese exclusives like, like stuff like X-Men versus uh, Street Fighter which did come out over here on the on the PlayStation but it was an awful version it was so cut down and because because the Saturn's got the the 8 meg or 4 meg or whatever it is um, RAM expansion it can have all like the, the full-size characters and no frames of animation um, lost. And there's hardly any loading time as well once you've got the game booted up. And, uh, yeah, it's just a really, really nice console and a lovely console to collect for. Yeah, I was watching your um, your first couple of videos there um, last week, I think it was, and, and it's a nice machine. I never knew JVC. Was it JVC? Yeah, JVC, yeah. Uh, known as Victor over over there and I believe oh who else did one um, somebody else um, made a Saturn as well it's because they both companies um, added like I think JVC did the disk drive for the Saturn and um, somebody else did something else so Sega let them produce their own version of the Saturn it's exactly the same console but um, just made by different companies a bit like the 3DO did with uh, the Panasonic and uh, Oh, it's a gold star and whatnot. Yeah, it's quite interesting. I, I, obviously, I'm not the I'm not the most uh, knowledgeable guy when it comes to um, retro games, even though I love them. But mm. I didn't know I didn't know that actually. It's, but, um, your channel, which is let me see if I can get this right. www.youtube.com forward slash user forward slash 90s video game did. I believe that is right. Yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> I will put a link to it when I upload the the podcast to YouTube anyway. Yeah, subscribe to me. I want 200 yes. subscribers. Actually, I want 200 million subscribers. Yes. I'm pretty sure anybody that's subscribed <laughs> to me must be subscribed to you as well. I'm pretty certain. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I noticed you just passed through the 150 mark. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm on 152 now. Most of that is thanks to, um, to Monkey Spaz because yeah. after I did the the hundred sort of special and sent him his uh, his prize. He did a like a shout out video and a unboxing of his package, so to speak. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, it sort of shot up from there. So it's 
So uh, yes, big thank you, thank you, James. Yeah, I, I must uh, I must echo that because um, James Monkey Spaz Five Thousand gave me a massive shout out last week after we did the show, and uh, I was blushing. <laughs> uh, although I must say, so okay, it's only been a week, but I must say um, I've not quite went up the amount of subs um, as you have. <laughs> but um, I, mean, I don't know that maybe that tells its own story. People came to my channel and went, mm, no thanks. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, because I originally started in 2009 and then did it, did the, the dude character for a bit and then just got bored of doing it. So I just just changed it to just being me doing random videos. And then for some reason I stopped doing it but and then just deleted the whole channel. I don't know why, because there was about 20, 30 videos on there which I didn't keep on my hard drive or anything, so it had been lost in the, the ether for forever. Oh. But um, yeah, it's just going back after um, coming back last year after watching guys like the 16-bit brothers and the game chasers and whatnot. I thought, yeah, I, I need something to do. Um, I'm a bit bored, so I thought, I know, I'll, I'll give it another crack. And uh, yeah, it's it's been like last year was excellent, really, really yes. good, really good year, especially with the old retro on them thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have to admit, the first time I seen your video. I didn't know you were playing a character. I thought you were being serious. I was like, what's this guy all about? <laughs> but, um, I, I mean, it was only maybe a second video before I went, actually, this guy is actually awesome. He's channeled. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very yeah. much. And uh, if you do hear a cat meowing in the background, I apologise. That's the, the studio cat. You have a studio cat. What is the studio cat's name? The studio cat is uh, Stewie. Stewie, excellent. Named after Stewie Griffin. <laughs> nice. Is he is he evil and tries to plot to take over the world? Yes. Is that like the Family Guy Stewie in every way? <laughs> He's even got the same shaped head. <laughs> excellent. I, I always thought that Stewie and um, Hey Arnold from uh, from and Arnold from Hey Arnold were like brothers because they both had the same shaped head. Yeah, it was well. It was possibly separate balance ripped them off. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think he had was first, wasn't it? He was first. Yeah, it was sort of yeah. um, middle mid nineties, I think. They Arnold yeah. yeah, it's no coincidence, is it? That yeah, <laughs> he's got the same sized head a couple of years later. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I've waffled on for twenty minutes already, and I've not even started on your games. Right. <laughs> Let's get down to it. Now, I don't know if these are in any particular order. I'm just going to get them out in the order that you've given them to myself. Yeah, well, that's the order that's on my list, so I think that's probably the, the best <laughs> I don't think they're in any sort of particular order. So It's just as they popped into my head, I think. Epic games, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, there's a, a couple on there, which I'll go into later, which I sort of chopped and changed. And um, some made way for other games as well while I was making this list. There's one particular one, obviously we'll not mention it just now, but there's one particular one which I thought I might have seen in there, but it's not. But anyway, the first game is Shadow Dancer on the Mega Drive. It, it's, it's Shinobi 2, is it? Uh, yes, so, it was after Revenge of Shinobi, I believe. Right. From what I can remember. But it's, it's just... One of those games, one of the first games I played on the Mega Drive, sort of back in, God, I don't know, 92, 93, when 
Well, originally I had a, a Power Mega Drive. I went through a a phase when I was a kid of just chopping and changing uh, uh, between Mega Drive and SNES, and um, depending on what games were coming out, and I just really couldn't make my mind up. So I was sort of selling my Mega Drive and buying a SNES, selling my SNES, buying a Mega Drive, that sort of thing. Uh, so my second Mega Drive, um, I got second hand, and it was a Japanese Mega Drive. And um, for my birthday, I had a bit of birthday money and went down to Leicester. And he, back back then, they had a uh, a computer game shop in Leicester which uh, did import games. Right. And uh, I bought a copy of Shadow Dancer um, on the Japanese Mega Drive and absolutely loved it. And I still do now. It's it's such a good game. Um, it's And it's a lot more challenging than I remember it being as well. I used to be able to just sort of skip through that game when I was a kid but now it, it takes me a hell of a lot longer to actually complete it but it's just it's just so playable you've got the, the great mechanics like the dog which you can send off to um, to sort of attack enemies like enemies that will be just firing at you all the time send your dog he sort of grabs their arm and that gives you a chance to to shoot them. and plus you've got your little your magic as well your magic bar and the, the boss fights are, are pretty uh, pretty good as well yeah, it's just one of those games that I remember fondly from my from my childhood. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the dog. Did it have a name? It did. Oh Jesus! Uh, it did have a name. Uh, oh God! And I really can't remember what it was called. Because I have to admit, when I was doing a little bit of research on it, I couldn't find the name of the dog. <laughs> but I, I remember there was definitely a name for the dog. Something like. Yamato or something. I think it's something like Yamato, the dog. But if don't anybody, quote me on that. If anybody knows for certain, um, tweet me at jl76gaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I want to know now. But I believe it was something like Yamato. Um, and I was going to ask you another question about that, but of course my... I've got all my notes for the show on a, on a device and it keeps um, closing itself off. So Anyway. Technology. Uh, no, I, was gonna, uh, I was just going to say the, the plot, kind of quick outline of the game, just for those that don't know. It's basically a terrorist group is planting numerous time bombs throughout the city. The player, a ninja master accompanied by a canine partner, whose name we don't know, sets out on four missions to dismantle the bombs and destroy the criminal syndicate behind these acts. So, sounds pretty awesome. It is pretty sweet. They've got a great bonus stage as well where you basically jump off the top of a building and um, there's just loads of ninjas bouncing up um, towards you. You have to hit them all to get And the more you get, the more extra lives you get, which is uh, quite fun. So is it one of those games that you still go back to even now and try and go through and complete it again? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's always a game that I'll pick up every now and again and then um, have a good blast on it it, it was um, the, the only thing i was disappointed with was when they started bringing out these mega drive collections now i can't remember if it's is it on the playstation 2 one the or the xbox 360 one the sonic the well the mega drive collection because um there is a shinobi on it um and my god i've got the game but i've not got i've not got my ps set i've got it for the ps on my PS Vita, but I've not got a PS Vita beside me, so can't quite I know, make it up. I know Revenge of Shinobi was on there, and I think I believe you can. Uh, it's definitely available on the um, 
the Nintendo Virtual Console. But it, yeah. it, it, it was just on those uh, on those compilation discs. I can't remember actually being on there. It might be on some of the there's different versions. Yeah, there's quite a few different Mega Drive collections in there. I'm sure it is on a, a couple of them. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I've not actually got a Mega Drive at the moment. Um, ah. But I will. About well, I'm looking at getting a Retron Five when it finally gets released. Is that so, the one that was coming out at Christmas? Yeah. But they had a load of problems with the um, with the actual console itself, or some of the parts that they were given to make it with weren't. Um, they were a bit subpar, so they've put it back to around the, well, hopefully March, but sort of more early. He said early 2014 anyway. So first quarter. Disappointing, but yeah, yeah, because I'd, I'd paid for it and pre-ordered it and everything, and then uh, a couple of weeks before it was due to release, they said, "Oh yeah, we've we put it back now." So I ended up uh, my Christmas present. I didn't get my Christmas present that year. Oh yeah, tears were had. Yeah. I had a similar, similar situation, but not with a retro game, with a, with a brand new game. Um, they, were, they were releasing um, Football Managers, I know boring, <laughs> they were releasing Football Manager for the PS Vita. I right. had it pre-ordered from Amazon, it was due to be released on 31st of January, and it's still not come out, and there's no word. The um, Sega SI Games, or however it is, are not even answering, answering people's questions to... <laughs> You know, so they might not even come out. Well, that's a bit shit. Although I do like Football Manager games. I used to play Champ Manager loads on the PC. Yes. Uh, ages ago. Great fun. Although, I, th- I remember being doing really well, yet they still sacked me. So, oh. it's like I was third in the league with Nottingham Forest. Third in the Premier League with Nottingham Forest. I was still in the FA Cup, yet they still sacked me. Probably for spending a bit too much money, I think. It's maybe, you know, at the start when um, you get the option, they say, like, um, you have such and such a budget, and yeah. you think you can do better, they will give you a bigger budget, so maybe you selected that you could do better, and then higher expectations. Yeah, yeah, it could be. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I don't know, I was nice to get the conversation around to football. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's all so good with me. Uh, I think the... The one I done with Gashead a few weeks ago was a lot um, very football orientated. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, it's all good. Oh yeah, I seen you were I seen you with your Nottingham Forest mug in one of your videos. <laughs> mm. That was probably a mistake to put that on there, but I probably lost me a few subscribers. Yeah. Yeah, when I first started my channel, um, I actively went out of the way um, of seeing who supported, especially up here in Glasgow. <laughs> <It's>, um, <laughs> It can be pretty bitter, but um, yeah. I've keep it close. I don't care anymore. I'm a Rangers fan, so if you like it, you, you like it. If you don't, you don't. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's it. Support who you want to support. Screw everybody else. No. See what people can't see at the moment is on this uh, Skype screen. I've just got a picture of Chris Shank's face staring at me. Yeah, it's. Is it about to eat somebody? It does. He's coming for you. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier on, folks, um, Mr. Ashant just came with hosting the show due to some issues at this end, shall we say. <laughs> Unforeseen circumstances. Unforeseen circumstances that usually always happen to me for some reason. <laughs> but I have to say, the last couple of weeks have been problem-free, so it was due a problem. <laughs> anyway, um, 
the first game, as I said, Shadow Dancer, brilliant pick. And the second one, I'm intrigued by this one. Um, I've not played it. It's um, Rock and Roll Racing on this NES. Uh, rock and Roll Racing. Now, this is a game that it's a brilliant multiplayer game. Um, I believe it's only two players, but uh, it's one of those games that whenever you have friends around, you always stick Rock and Roll Racing on. Now, it's, it's basically, it's just like a, a racing, like normal sort of racing game, but it's a bit like it's got like an isometric um, point of view. Yeah. But you've got um, lots of different weapons. Um, basically, you're racing around alien worlds. Uh, you've got like rocket launchers and mines and all sorts of stuff. Uh, but they've also got a uh, thus the title of rock and roll racing. The the soundtrack is all sort of uh, versions of old uh, like metal songs and rock songs. Like you got Black Sabbath on there, and you have got Deep Purple and like Want to Be Wild, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but it's just a really, really playable game. It's uh, and at the moment it is just stupidly overpriced. I find to to get, and I've always wanted to get a copy of it. And I've, I've never actually, it's cheaper on the Mega Drive, but I I preferred the SNES version. Um, I just thought it played a little bit better on the SNES pad. But um, yeah, it's always been a little bit out of my price range. You're still paying about twenty about about thirty thirty five quid for a cart only. Yeah, which which I I, I would pay if um, it's a decent copy, but uh, I just haven't got round to to forking out as of yet. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not there, but it is it is a lot of money just for a cart, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah, most definitely. But it it is uh, it is a lovely game and well worth playing. Yeah, I, I don't know how this one's managed to pass me by because reading the description, it sounds exactly like my kind of game. It's like. Background music consisting of instrumental versions of several heavy metal and rock songs, like you'd mentioned, Black Sabbath, Deep Purple. Yeah, it's uh, that. Yeah, it's it's just one of those games that we just I just came upon um, by accident. Really, it was just in the shop, and um, I looked at the back of it. It seemed good, so I bought it, and and lo and behold, it was great. It's one of those. Um, it's, I just don't suppose. It, wait, I suppose it's a hidden gem on the SNES because uh, it's not one of those games where everybody knows about. But um, but yeah, it's well worth digging out if you can uh, if you can get a, a copy of it. Well, yeah. a, a very very fun game. I am definitely going to be looking that up on eBay at some time soon because I don't know. Especially when you consider my favourite genre of game is racing and my favourite genre of music is heavy metal and rock how could I miss that how can you not know about this game John <laughs> <laughs> it, or you would be surprised about the games that have passed me by I mean when I was growing up when I was a lad <laughs> I, I had I didn't have a Mega Drive or a NES I had a I didn't have a Master System and, and a Commodore Amiga so there's a lot of great games that I would have missed Especially on a Nintendo. Or a, yeah. Although there was some quality racing games on the Amiga. Oh, love them. I've just been playing some of the old Lotus games uh, recently. On oh, yeah, I do like Lotus. Although I'd never had an Amiga. I was supposed to get one and we had sort of paid for it. We'll put the deposit down on it at the local um, computer game shop. And for some reason we just couldn't get one. So I ended up getting an Acorn Archimedes instead. Which, although it was all right, 
it wasn't an Amiga. Yes. So at some point, I will get an Amiga, just so my, my childhood dreams can come true at the age of 33. <laughs> well, that's what I was like last year. I bought a Mega Drive last year for the first time, and there was like a kid in a candy shop. <laughs> really, it was like... I'd, I had a master system and I always wanted a Mega Drive, but we couldn't afford one back in that, those days. And yeah. Mom, I want a Mega Drive. Um, so went, John, you're 23. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so when I got the Mega Drive last year, I was just jumping up and down like a mad kid. <laughs> you're like the Nintendo 64 kid, weren't you? It's like, ah! Running around yeah. the the front room and uh, almost weighing in uh, in <laughs> excitement. Yes, so it was a two chains of underwear day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I I'm sure I've still I think I've got a, an Amiga tucked away in a cupboard somewhere. Um, because I rebought an Amiga about five years ago, and the oh. lead the, the lead that I got with it didn't reach to my television oh, for some oh. bizarre reason. So I end up putting it away in a the back of the box in, in the cupboard. It's Gathering dust in a cupboard somewhere. Cool, I must yeah. dig it. Must dig it back <laughs> now that I'm doing. Now that I'm into my retro gaming a little bit more than what I used to be. Yeah, dig it out, man. Everyone loves the Amiga. But um, yeah, rock and roll racing was um, so it was published by Interplay in 1993 and developed by Silicon and Snaps. Snaps is that? Am I saying that right? Sounds about right. <laughs> oh, with Synapse, was it? Synapse, oh, there you go. Synapse, that's it. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if you know this, but they also done a port of this on the Game Boy Advance in 2003. They did. They yeah. also brought out a Rock and Roll Racing 2 for the PlayStation. <gasps> and, I st- and yet I still missed that. <laughs> um, but it wasn't as good. Mm. And I know if they, there was a Kickstarter um, at one point. I don't know what happened to that. But there was a Kickstarter to to make a HD remake of it. Right. I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure what happened to that. But I heard about that. That was sometime about a year or so ago. I would have thought. But uh, yeah, they had like all the the graphics and stuff sorted out, and the they they had videos of it and whatnot. But it then just sort of just vanished. So mm. I don't know what happened to that. Bring it back. That's what I say. Yeah. More rock and roll racing. Would you say you enjoyed the gameplay more so, or the music more so, in that game? Um, I think they were both equal, to be honest. The, the gameplay was just perfect, really. And um, the the music just added to it. it just just a full full experience, not a good all-round experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think music helps a lot to the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, most yeah. definitely. Yeah, I... I uh, Sometimes it, it, it does make it. It does make a game. Okay, so the next, the next game doesn't really need much introduction. Um, it's a pretty awesome, well-known game that goes by the name of Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. And you put Arcade for this one. Yeah, um, there, there was some good home ports. Like the 3DO home port was um, excellent. Really, good. But I only ever played it in my local Virgin Megastore when he had a 3DO set up in there and you had to, you could play it for like one round and then it reset itself. Um, I was, I was umming and ahhing because I'm a big Street Fighter fan and of course there's so many different versions of Street Fighter whether it be 
there was a it was a toss up between that Alpha Three, um, and and so some of the the other like Street Fighterish games like X Men vs Street Fighter. But uh, if I was stuck on a desert island, I think I'd have to go with a version of Street Fighter Two, and I think Super Street Fighter Two Turbo is going to be uh, the ultimate version. Um, and I've, I, I think I and my first my first experience of it was. Uh, no, on the arcade. I think I think the, the first time I saw Super Street Fighter 2 was on the front of a Nintendo magazine system when I was at school. And because there was no internet back then, no one had any idea what the hell this was. Because Street Fighter 2 had not been, Street Fighter 2 Turbo had not been out that long on the SNES. And then they bring out this, uh, this, this the, the front cover was basically all the characters with the, the new challenges like Kami and T-Hawk and Phelong and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the hell is this? And then uh, in Nottingham, we used to have a Namco arcade, uh, which has now sadly you know, gone the way of quite a lot of the, the arcades in the country mm-hmm. and disappeared. But uh, yeah, it was just the first time I ever ever played it was on, on the arcade. And it, it's just like the, the, the ultimate version of it. I, I think it's, it's still played in tournaments now, I believe. Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. It's just one of those timeless games, I think. Because the Street Fighter, the original Street Fighter 2, is it's not aged well. It's, it's very slow now if you try and play it, especially if you're used to um, Turbo or um, all the, the the Street Fighter 2s with com- these combos and the super moves and all that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo still holds up today. Yeah, you just kind of answered one of the, one of my questions. I was going to ask you why this particular version of it, but you've just kind of answered that anyway. So <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, I believe it was out in February '94 uh, by Camco. Camco, sorry, Camcom, obviously. Um, what did you think of the Street Fighter films? Oh, God, the <laughs> the the first the Street Fighter film they did with uh, Carly Minogue and uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme I went to see at the local cinema in Long Eaton where I live it was called The Screen and it was like I'd like one screen and they had like films about four months after the big multiplexes did I went to see it and even back when I was like 12 or 13 whenever it was when it came out I wasn't that impressed mm. but amazingly amazingly they made an even worse Street Fighter film no, with that, with that Legend of Chun Li, which I have not, never seen all the way through because I turned it off halfway through. That guy from the Black Eyed Peas turned up as Vega. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, and uh, I turned it off. However, the Street Fighter Two the animated movie, the manga, is absolutely incredible. It's right. brilliant, and that's the the only Street Fighter film you need is the animated movie. Cool. Sometimes I think it's a mistake making movies out of computer games. Yeah, well, most of the time they're not going to be uh, they're not going to be great. They're not going to be able to translate the 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 video game format to to the silver screen, like the Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, it was uh, it had really had hardly anything to do with Mario Brothers at all. They've done it all right with some. The the first Tomb Raider film was all right, um, but then there's of course there's all those uh, U-Ball 
Uwe Ball, I think his name is, um, movies like Alone in the Dark and um, Postal and um, In the Name of the King and all that sort of bollocks. Yeah, the, the Resident Evil films were so-so, not the first one, but then they, they just kept going and it wasn't great. But they, they haven't really made the definitive video game movie yet, I don't think. Nothing that's absolutely brilliant. I'll, I'll tell you the, the worst one, in my opinion, that I've seen, and I see it, I see it, I've seen it, but I lasted about twenty minutes. <laughs> I switched off, but um, they they done a um, Doom. Yes, uh, the Rock. <laughs> <laughs> they did. The best bit about that film was that sort of five minute bit where they did the, the first person, um, bit. Yes, which, uh, which was quite cool to see. But other than that, yeah, it, it wasn't wasn't great. I've I've always actually um, said this to somebody. I was really surprised that they'd never tried to make a Streets of Rage movie in the 90s. Because, of course, they they did that god-awful Double Dragon movie. Right. And, uh, yeah, I was just really surprised that no one tried to make a Streets of Rage movie because I I thought it was sort of... uh, It was ripe for the the movie treatment. I know somebody did one on YouTube, um, which was uh, actually quite entertaining. I was <laughs> yeah, it's basically it's not really a movie. It's basically just a guy walking down the street, like live action, just doing um, like Streets of Rage. But it's actually quite yeah. funny. I've seen uh, I've seen similar things for um, Grand Theft Auto uh, quite recently. Actually, there's people going about the streets, kidding on them, Grand Theft Auto and things. It's kind of mildly entertaining. Some of them. Yeah. Yeah, because I know they're doing um, they're doing like the Halo TV show and stuff, and then they, they did that straight to DVD Halo movie, didn't they? At one point, mm. which was out last year. Yeah, funnily enough, talking about um, TV movies, not TV movies, <laughs> video game movies. Um, I was watching. I went to watch RoboCop. I know that's not a video game movie, but I went to watch uh, RoboCop yesterday in the cinema. Yeah, and um, on the trailers, they had a trailer for. Um, Need for Speed, they're making a Need for Speed movie. That's right, yeah. It's got um, the guy from Breaking Bad in, in it, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't want to jinx it, but I must say it looked awesome from the trailer and my wife had to stop me from drilling because it looked amazing. <laughs> I, I love cars. I wasn't drilling after the actors, obviously. I was drilling after the cars and the action. But, um, so I'm hoping it's going to live up to the trailer, but... Um, his movies, video game movies go probably end up being crap. But well, you never know. Well, you never know. They, they, I suppose they might try and have another uh, a car movie franchise now, but with the, the like the death of Paul Walker and whatnot. Whether they'll keep going with the uh, Fast and Furious movies, yeah, I don't know. I know they are they are making seven, but with major major changes and whatnot. Oh yeah, they major rewrite for that. Yeah. Yeah, I should think so. But you, you never know. It, it could well be good. Fingers crossed. Well, I hope so. I hope so. It, it did look good from the trailer. I will give them that. But they've maybe kept all the best bits for the trailer. <laughs> that, that, could, that could be the case. So, yeah. We digress once again. <laughs> um, oh, one final one just on Street Fighter before we move on. Um, and you'll probably say, oh, but I'm going to ask you. Um, if you had to pick a favourite character from Street Fighter 2, Turbo, who would it be? Um, 
favourite character? I'm going to be really boring because it's it's the character I, I always play, um, and I love love them. And well, there's this two. There's one I love and one I hate, but they're both basically the same character. And um, it's Ryu because I can I can always play as Ryu. I, I know all Ryu's moves. I know every sort of. He's been he's the most accessible character, I think. Um, and my least favourite is Ken. I like playing as Ken, but fighting Ken, he's just a pain in the ass because all he does is dragon punches, and yeah. he's just the right fucking pain. Yeah, just a pain in the ass, basically. <laughs> in fact, there's a, a a story. Once I went, I went to Games Master Live in '92, I think, to see Dominic Diamond. To see Dominic Diamond, yeah, and Dominic Diamond was there. It was the, it must have been the second series, I think. Was it sexy? Yeah, because it's the oil rig. It was the oil rig. Um, they had the oil rig set, and they did um, like a live version of Games Master. But while I was there, I met um, uh, b- 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 what's his name, Tim Boone, from uh, Me Machines magazine. I recognise the name. Yeah. Yeah, and he signed my. Uh, did, did, Nintendo basically did a big uh, poster, which had Street Fighter, big Street Fighter 2 poster, and on the back it had like adverts for NES and um, Super Nintendo games. And I, I told him that my favourite um, character was Ryu, and he wrote on it, uh, To Richard, uh, Ryu, nah, Lee Tops, I think he put. So he was a John <laughs> Lee fan, and uh, really? didn't agree with my, my, uh, my liking of Ryu. Oh, well, that's a claim to fame. <laughs> there you go. I still have that poster as well. Brilliant. Yeah, I would have loved to have, uh, I would have went to see um, Games Master been filmed. I've been enjoying Monkey Spazzy's fan commentaries of late. Oh, yeah, they are They are uh, <coughs> quite, uh, quite uh, entertaining. I like his, um, what's it called? Uh, what's that other show? With the uh, Bad Influence. Bad Influence, yeah. yeah Bad Influence. Uh, my girl, uh, Violet Berlin. What, nipples? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah they, are, uh, they are pretty entertaining. Yeah, I think we were talking about the latest retro online stream. Um, my uh, my strange fetish for Violet Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I had uh, something for Violet Berlin um, back in the day. Yeah. I can't remember if it was on the streamer or on the after show, but we're definitely talking about it. <laughs> I know. Was that last week? Last week, yeah. Yeah, because I wasn't, I wasn't on last week. Ah, so you went. Yeah, because I had to, uh, to go out. Unfortunately, ah. being on a Thursday. Yeah, if we were going to be doing it on a Friday, we could have done it uh, because I was going out for drinks, so that what they quite well being on a Thursday. Yeah, it was quite nice, actually, because um, it got some people who don't do it very often being on a Thursday, because... Um, um, Stu was on there as well, wasn't he? That's right, yeah. It's been, it's been yeah. a while since he's been Yeah, it's been, it's been a while, hasn't it? So that was yeah. quite nice. I, I sort of jumped in. I, I uh, made a few comments on the... Yes, on the I know. Yeah. When, ...when I got on there. But, uh, yeah, I, I was in bed sort of about half an hour after that. Yeah. And, um, of course, talking about um, Games Master and celebs and live streams, um, you did call out Pat Sharp. <laughs> I did um, very yeah. crackly as well because it was on my um, my old um, webcam. 
so it was like really distorted so whether pat could actually understand it i have no idea but yes i did um, call pat sharp and i keep hearing rumblings from Stephen that uh he is uh he's been talking to him and telling him things well, and i've heard now this is just a journalistic side of me um i've got sources but i've heard that he's gone in for you i've heard well you know what i, I think the reason that the uh, the dude doesn't like him is because he's, he's taken the, the dude's uh, spotlight when when people think of the 90s they're not thinking of the dude they, they think of like three things they think of uh i don't know nirvana they think of uh bill clinton and his penchant for cigar based um frivolity and they think of pat sharp and i think the dude is uh reasonably annoyed by that so yeah. I think that, that I think that's why he uh, he called him out. Well, to be fair, um, Pat is not going in for you. I think he's going in for the dude. So, well, once he gets back from um, his his trip to Canada, moose, then I'm sure he'll uh, he'll be ready and waiting. Are you sure he's hunting moose? Are you sure he's not hunting Pat Sharp here? Yes, yeah. could well be. They, they are they are uh, quite similar looking, aren't they, Pat Sharp and uh, a moose? <laughs> anyway, that's just what I've heard, so I've just heard that he's gone in for you, so I don't know. Well, we, we shall see. All in the goodness of time. Okay, anyway, we better move on to the next game yeah, before we... Because yes, we're already 50 minutes. Um, we're only halfway through. So <laughs> the next game is a very popular choice on the show in previous weeks, and it's Tetris on the Game Boy. So... Not much research required because um, Not really. well, it's a very famous game and also I've spoken about it to my guests over the last few weeks. So it, I think it's one of those games that you really have to have on a desert island. It's um, it, it's, it's just the, I think it's the first game that popped into my head when I, when I thought if I'm going to be stuck on a desert island you've got to have Tetris. Because it, it, it just doesn't get old, does it Tetris? No. You can uh, you could play it for hours and hours and hours and uh, not get bored of it. So I think that's why a lot of people choose it when they when they make these lists because it's it's just a, a classic and it's it's still uh, and I'll still say it is still the best game on the Game Boy. There is so many great games on the Game Boy, but there's nothing but is so pure fun and playability as Tetris. Steve Benway did a, a Game Boy video of it recently on his channel. All right. Yeah. I need to catch up with Benway, actually. I've not... It's so many Benway videos I haven't caught up with yet. Well, don't worry. As I will reveal later on, you'll get plenty of chance on a Desert Island game to catch up with Benway. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a lot more you can add add to what previous guests have added. It's, it is a great game, isn't it, to wear away the, the hours on a desert island. And you can, it's, oh, God, yeah. You say never-ending, la- never isn't it? Oh, that's it. I think you'd need a, 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 good, um, a few packs of batteries to, to keep you going. But, uh, yeah, it was, you, could, you could always, even if you were, you were bored or whatever, you had nothing um, better to do. You could always just plug in Tetris and waste it. Well, not even waste, but uh, get a bit of time to spare. Stick in Tetris, and you're, you're away. Yeah, it was certainly past some time. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, I don't know. You 
don't want much point in me saying repeat myself from previous weeks, but just in case anybody's not listened to previous shows, it was actually originally designed and programmed by Alexei Patinov in the Soviet Union way back in the early to mid 80s. And it was eventually picked up by Nintendo. And the rest is history. The rest is history. Indeed. But yes, lots of love for Tetris in my house. The next game is a classic. I think I think Monkey's Pass picked this last week as well. Um, mm-hmm. But it's um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game by Konami. See, this was one of the, the games which um, moved another game off the list. Now, originally, I was going to put IK+, Plus, which is International Karate Plus, on the spectrum. Ah, because it is it is a quality game, RK Plus, and it was a game that always loaded. Even if I thought my spectrum was broken, it would always load. But I'm going to think of it, if I wanted something which is just lately fun and I could keep coming back to, and um, something I have more fond memories of, and that's Turtles the Arcade Game. Now, unfortunately, from when it was released, we'd never really got a, a proper, like, decent home port of course we got the like the turtles in time and hyperstone heist and whatnot on the mega drive and snes but um i know it came out on the nes but of course the limitations of the nes um you weren't going to get a a full arcade perfect version but um yeah it's such a good game especially on four player um if you got four people in a in the arcade and that was the uh, the um, the experience which I like the most standing around that four player um, cabinet and just sticking like quids in mm. and playing four player turtles just just a magical experience and unfortunately for some reason I think it's something to do with licensing it was taken off Xbox Live which oh, is a yeah. right pain in the arse because I love that game and I know I didn't download it when there was uh, when I had the chance yeah uh, I think they did that with um, Outrun as well. But thankfully, I downloaded that before they pulled it. I don't get that because I'm sure Simpsons is on there, and that was Konami. So I think I think I think Konami um, may have lost the rights to the Turtles games, so that's why they can't um, yeah have it on there anymore. It would be something like that because um, I think the problem with um, Outrun was that they lost the license for using Ferrari cars. So right, that's right. It would be, be something like that. It might even be for the turtles themselves. Even yeah, there's, there's, there's so many like arc, like arcade games like that, and which I wish were on were on Xbox Live or whatever. WWF WrestleFest, which is a great game, and I really wish that was on there because that's quality. But uh, yeah, yeah, turtles. It's um, I know I used to I had a version of it on the Spectrum, and it it wasn't great. You sort of get it home and you think, oh my god, I've finally got Turtles arcade game. And yeah, it's uh, as 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 good as a, a port it is for, for the Spectrum, it, it's just not the same, is it? No. Well, Monkey Spaz was um, in a gameplay of the Game Boy one. Uh, I think it went up yesterday. Uh, it was just, I think it was Turtles. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Turtles. Yeah. It was reasonably okay on the Game Boy as Game Boy games go yeah mm. 
but I think it's, it's just that that I think the the, the basic the, the multiplayer aspect of it, all four turtles on the screen at once and uh, just battering through people, it was just just so fun. So when you were playing four player games in the arcade, and you you mentioned you obviously put a lot of pound coins into it, was it a pound coin for each player, or was it a pound coin for? Well, I think game? I think a I think a credit was about. Uh, it might have been about 20 or 30p oh, back then so we basically just put like got about 5 quid um, which all together because it was about a pound pocket money or whatever and um, it was like if you went on I think we went on a holiday to, like if you went on school trips or whatever and we used to stop off for like half an hour at service stations um yeah, stick it in there or go down the, the local leisure centre after you've been swimming. Because mm. uh, I used to be in like the, the scouts or whatever in the, or the cubs. I used to go swimming in the local swimming baths and they had Turtles, the arcade game, um, there. So after swimming while you're waiting for your mum or whatever, we always used to pile on Turtles and uh, have a quick blast on that. But uh, yeah, yeah, quality, quality, quality. The 90s cubs did... Nineties <laughs> cubs. I actually have, and I have to dig it out. There is a picture of me in my scout uniform playing on that turtles arcade game, <laughs> which I will yeah. have to dig out somewhere. Get it dug out. I will do. I don't know where it is. My mum's put a load of stuff in the loft, so I have to see if I can find it. <laughs> right. Now, I'm I'm sorry I have to do this, but I've, I've I'm going to ask you this question again, uh, similar to the previous question on Street Fighter. What's your favourite turtle? Donatello. Donatello, oh, no hesitation. No hesitation, Donatello. Uh, especially just from the game, really, because he had the, I always, I think with Donatello, he was the easiest one to pretend to be when you're a kid because all you needed was a broom handle and he could be Donatello. You didn't have to, and it was a bit better than making like a nunchucks out of like two toilet rolls and a piece of string or um you couldn't really sort of get swords, and sights, sides were really hard to get hold of. But yeah, for Donatello, you just get a broom handle and you're all good. You have the best reach and the best moves in the game as well. Like he used to stick his um, stick right in the, the stomach and then flip him over his, his head. And uh, yeah, and he always came up with the um, the machines and stuff. He was the inventor and stuff of the, the turtles. Yeah. And I've my favourite colour was purple. So yeah, Donatello. All day long, Donatello. Well. I think means was Michelangelo. Yeah, see, I, I like Michelangelo because he was funny and whatnot, and yeah. he's he's probably the, the closest to the nineties video game dude as well, Michelangelo. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think Donatello's always going to have a special place in my heart. Okay, um, and big fan of the cartoons. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The, the biggest. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm choking to death. Um, me and my friends were watching um, How It All Began. It was on YouTube, which I think was like the origin story and um, how the turtles came to be and how they mutated Bebop and Rocksteady and whatnot. And watching it back, I don't know whether it was the YouTube version or whether it was always like that, but it didn't make much sense. It just seemed to be a load of um, different scenes from different car- from different um, episodes of Turtles, like... Yeah. Hatched, hatched it together, and I can't remember. I can't remember it not making that much sense when I first watched it on VHS. But uh, yeah, and they, they, watching it, I know the um, James Rolfe 
did a, uh, a video on the Turtles DVD and saying there's so many mistakes on it, like getting the colours wrong and different voices and whatnot, like Donatello's voice coming out of Michelangelo's mouth and all that sort of, <laughs> sort of thing. So watching it back now, it was a bit haphazard and a bit rough, but it was still awesome. Oh, yeah. It's one of the ones I remember watching. Um, was, I think, I don't know, I, I usually get my timelines mixed up, but there's a few cartoons around about that time that I watched. Um, I think this one might be a bit later, but at least like uh, the mask one as well. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think mask might have been earlier. I think mask yeah. was um, sort of mid-80s from what I can remember. I remember being into mask before I was into Turtles. Mm. It was sort of just after Transformers, I think. It was around about 87, 88 mask. Oh, I love Transformers. Uh, the yeah. Fusion. <laughs> oh, I've got I've got transfer. I've got a Decepticon tattoo. Oh, nice. Yeah, which I've got at uh, quite an old age, really. Well, I was like twenty five when I got that tattoo, but hey. Oh. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm still a I'm still a big fan of turtles. I'm, I've got my fingers crossed that this new movie is not going to be totally shit. But uh, yeah. what we shall see. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Transformers is classic. I remember getting the. I can never remember the body names, but I remember getting the the hovercraft one. Oh God! Yeah. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember his name. (laughs) I remember all the the sort of the main ones like Prime and Soundwave and Megatron, Galvatron, Starscream. Starscream was my favourite. Love Starscream. Yeah. I remember as well waking up five o'clock in the morning. Probably about seven years old. And I've got this Transformer toy, and I just start sending the Transformers theme tune. And my mum's chopping the wall. Quite down, then. <laughs> I got out of Starscream, um, and, you know, he, he turns into a plane, and I broke him by trying to fly him out the window. Oh. Like, smashing on the, the concrete outside. So this is why I'm not um, living the high life on uh, all my mint-conditioned Transformers toys anymore, because I basically knackered them when I was a kid. Oh. I think yeah, I think I was the same with my A-team helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, awesome choice, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So we're on to game six, which is an all-time favourite of mine, although I don't think it made it in my top eight. But it's Doom on the PC. Yes, indeed. Now, I nearly put Ultimate Doom, but then I couldn't remember whether that was... Was Ultimate Doom like a mixture of Doom and Doom 2? Or was it just a totally different game? I couldn't remember. It was... I think it was just an extended version of the first one. Yeah. I've got Final Doom on the PC, and I think it's got Doom, Ultimate Doom, and Doom 2 on that. Right. Correctly. Yeah, I think with um, with Doom, I I used to be a big fan of, like, first-person shooters. I'm not as much anymore. I've never really been into like the Call of Duties or like Battlefields, Medal of Honors, that sort of thing. But um, back in the the nineties, with your, your Dooms and your Duke Nukem 3Ds and like Quake and Hexen and all that sort of stuff, I used to love those games. But yeah, it, Doom was the the game that introduced me to it. And the thing, it was um, I just remember this this one time is when the when it came out on the PlayStation, and we were sitting in the dark. Um, playing it around a friend's house yeah. and you you wouldn't think it now because of sort of really how crude the graphics are compared to everything now 
But we just sort of walked around this corner and there was this imp standing around the corner where we just basically shat ourselves. Yeah, and you hear it before you see it as well. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> there, there, yeah. I think, not, it wasn't on Doom, but it was on, um, I think it was on Heretic. And there's a there's a level where it's just got these whispering voices. It's like, ah, and that freaks me the fuck out. That scared the shit out of me. But, uh, yeah, I, I remember going back to, like, Wolfenstein. And I sort of, I liked that, but it was very crude. And I think Doom was the, the first one which um, sort of really improved and really um, made the, the first-person shooter its, its own. And it's, it's, just, it's just one of those games which I can always, I always really enjoy going back to. Even, even now, it's uh, even more than, like, I, I was quite disappointed with, like, Doom 3. But, yeah, um, but yeah Doom, Doom's one of those games which you can, you can always go back to to have a, a good blast on every now and again. Did you ever try and make your own levels? No, because you know what? With I've I like to think of myself as quite creative in in some um, aspects, but in trying to make levels, I remember trying to do this on uh, like Little Big Planet and being absolutely awful at it. I just can't do it. I, I've just no imagination for um, for building things, a bit like building levels and whatnot. So um, it would just be basically a corridor, and then I just stick a load of into it. <laughs> that, that'll be it. Nothing, there's been no no thought or any imagination going into my level. So yeah, I, I didn't bother. I think I might have been opposite. I, I had an idea what I wanted to do, but I just couldn't execute it because I'd got this um, Doom level creator on a PC gamer cover disc. That's right. Yeah, I think I remember that. Quite complex. It's. Mm. Um, I mean, I think I managed to make one room, but it always kind of. When you went to run it, it just kind of looked a bit weird. Well, that's it. Well, that's it. When you you try doing that, you you realise the actual skill and the imagination which the uh, original programmers went into when they were making the game. Mm. Uh, My my, uh, Fatal Fury cap uh, is doffed to them. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, the thing that struck me about Doom back in the day, and this was... It wasn't before the days of the internet, but I mean it was a it was, it was around. But it's a fact that mainly in cover discs, the game there was always every month a cover disc. You get so many levels that you could get off the cover disc. So obviously, when you completed the game, you could just keep on playing it every month. You get new levels on a cover disc. And this, awesome. I think eventually you could download them on the internet. Yeah. Oh, so and you didn't really have to uh, pay for the the DLC back then. Yeah. Now if they, if they did it, it would be like like nine ninety nine for another level or something. Yeah, it's the first time I had actually seen anything that like that being done. To be fair. Hmm. Although um, I have led a sheltered life, so it's probably not the first time it's been done. But it's the first time I've seen it done. <laughs> See, I I had no um, I wasn't creative at all. But my my cousin um, he actually got one of his programs on a uh, cover disc and he basically did a um, a re-edit of Lotus Turbo Esprit but with um, Robin Reliance <laughs> called Robin Reliant um, Robin Reliant Turbo I think it was called and uh, basically just changed all the all the cars into Robin Reliance and that actually made it onto it was either an Amiga or an Atari ST magazine cover disc 
That is awesome. Yeah. I had an Atari ST once. Um, it was given to me by somebody, but it was it was broken and always meant to get into getting somebody to fix it, fix it, but it never happened. Unfortunately. Yeah, I never had one of the like the the two, the Atari ST or the the Amiga. I was basically went from the Acorn Electron to the Spectrum to the Acorn Archimedes, and then basically just consoles after that. So out with the the PC version of Doom, which is obviously the, in my opinion the best. Do yeah. you have a, do you have another kind of favourite conversion of it? Um. I've only really played it on the PC and the the like the PlayStation version, but I always prefer the first-person shooters with a mouse and keyboard. Yes. I remember I was around my friend's house last night trying to play Duke Nukem 3D on a control pad, and I just couldn't control it. I was all over the place, just dying. Um, yeah, I have to play it um, on mouse and keyboard. Most definitely. Yeah, it's kind of similar to Lemons. Same. Lemons is best played in the mouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. You just haven't got the the speed with the control pad to uh, to move the cursor around as you do with the mouse. Yeah, yeah, it was designed for the mouse, I think. Yeah, most definitely. So cool. it's the same with uh, like worms and uh, things yeah. like that. Cool. Okay, so Doom again, awesome. <laughs> um, next game, second last game is another one that's been picked before. I think, and it is a classic Strider on the Mega Drive. My favourite game of all time ah. is Strider. Uh, it's another game which I got at the same time as Shadow Dancer on the Japanese Mega Drive. I picked it up on the same day from the same shop in Leicester. Um, I'd never played it on the arcade or anything, and I just sort of looked at the back and said, oh, this looks pretty good. And it is amazing. And it's such a good port on the Mega Drive as well. And for such an early game as well, it really showed what the Mega Drive could do. But it's it's just so like the the fight the, the like your big sword and the and the like the acrobatics that you do on it and just the it's just perfect uh, in my opinion. And it's just one of those games which I will uh, never get tired of. I'm so looking forward to the new one. I really hope it's good. Because Strider 2, when they brought that out on the PlayStation, not the, the crappy Mega Drive one they, they brought out, which was, was it by US Gold or somebody? Not um, Strider 2 on the Mega Drive, which was a pile of shit. But mm. um, they, they did, um, I think Capcom did Strider 2 for the PlayStation 1, which was great, really good. And this new one that they're, they're bringing out for the, uh, I think it's on, it on Xbox Live, I think they're bringing it out on, and the PlayStation Network. Uh, looks really good, so I'm really hoping it's a it's a it's a decent game. But yeah, the original one, it's just like the like the awe on the second level when you you get up to the the mecha pong, like the big me- mechanized gorilla. It's like because it was just so huge, it was like wow, this is amazing. When you especially when you're used to like playing on the NES or the Master System, and then you go up to seeing like graphics of that size, it was just uh, really really impressive. And just just such a such a fun game. I think I think my my favourite bit is the the anti gravity bit where you got that big ball, mm-hmm. and you're like just flying round it and you're trying to hit it with your sword and you're just flying round it. It's just ah, ace, ace. <laughs> As you can tell, I actually quite like that game. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I hope I hope the one that's coming out is good. Like, 
One of my favourite games, Flashback, came out for the Xbox Live last year. Yeah. I was so excited and yet so disappointed when it came out. So I hope, for your sake, your favourite game is not going to go down the same lines as one of my favourite games. I really hope so. I hope not. Yeah, because I, I like... Did they do, do a HD make of um, Another World over here, wasn't it? It was called um, Out of This World in America, wasn't it? But yeah. I, really, I really liked Another World. When that came out, uh, yeah, that I was. Who was I talking? I was talking to. And this was a, This is what I was saying to Marcus last week. I need to keep a list of all the games that people have picked, and and put it up in a database somewhere. Because yeah. I was I was talking about this with some, Do you know? I think it was. I think it was Zach Latour. Right. Uh, I'm getting your nerd on. He was because he came in as a last minute replacement for Gashead. The, the first week Gashead was supposed to come on. Yeah. We were, we were talking about another world in flashback because uh, I think he picked another world for his um for one one of his picks. But yeah. I can't remember if he mentioned it. We've got a remake or not? So, yeah, I I quite like these uh, ideas of remakes, but yeah, they have to be they have to be uh, done properly. I, I think and add a little bit to it as well. But I prefer them to make and it's long long overdue for streets of rage to make another make another game in that um series but still do it in the same sort of style as it was originally like they, they tried it with all sorts of games sticking them into 3d and they never worked yes. properly and that's what people liked about them in the first place was uh the 2d aspects they like the 2d that's the way they uh they recognize the game and that's the the way it best plays. There's not a lot of games which make which originally 2D, which make the the leap to 3D um, in a sort of great way. It's, it's taken, God, it's taken years to get a decent 3D Castlevania, which they they just just about have sort of done now with Lords of Shadow. But uh, yeah, I think they're doing the right thing with the with, with Strider by making it sort of. Um, 2D, but with with 3D um, graphics and whatnot. Yeah, it's just basically 2D, but looking gorgeous. Yeah, there's no reason why they can't still make it look 2D, but do it in a kind of modern style. There's no reason why they can't do that. I think that's why um, like Street Fighter 4 works so well because it's 3D graphics, but it's like a 2D fighter. Yeah, and that, that's why it was um, why it works so well. Yeah. Mind you, you can't please everybody. There's, there, there will always be somebody that, if they do it in that way, there'll, there'll still be somebody that will moan, or oh, it should be more, it's 2014, it should be better graphics and all this stuff. But yeah, it still looks all right now. Although Street Fighter EX plus Alpha or whatever it was, that that was actually not a bad 3D attempt at Street Fighter. But I'm, I'm sort of looking forward to when they, they do Tekken cross Street Fighter, which I think is basically the same game, but in a, with a... Yeah, I believe. So uh, I, I, I think I know the answer to this question, but I'll just uh, just ask. Anyway, um, I'm guessing that beat 'em ups are your favourite genre. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, like 2D beat 'em ups and side scrolling beat 'em ups, just because they're just so easy to um, have a quick blast on. And um, yeah, 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 I think so. I, I do like my. Uh, Especially my my two D fighters, like that's why one of the reasons why I got into the Japanese Saturn because they've got a shed load of them and really good ones. 
So yeah, side scrollers and uh, and and um, just one-on-one fighters, all good. And just kind of related to that as well, um, I think you've mentioned at least a couple of Capcom games as well. So would you say they're maybe your favourite game to be from as well? Uh, yeah, Capcom in the nineties were pretty much faultless. Um, there was only a, a few games which weren't um, up to standard, but yeah. They've, they've sort of lost their way a little bit in recent years, Capcom, but in the 90s, the same with Konami, really. Um, Capcom and Konami were just releasing game after game of quality titles. It was, it was Capcom for the, uh, the the 2D one-on-one fighters and Konami for the side-scrollers. Yeah. Of course, uh, Capcom had like Final Fight and whatnot, but um, it was more, more Konami in the arcades with the, the licensed the license, uh, side-scrollers. Which um, were great, and, and of course, Capcom did some uh, quality side-scrolling games as well. Did you know that the guy who uh, created Street Fighter was uh, fired from Konami, Rich? Was he? For for what reason? Um, because he was too out there, and he kept on doing projects that he wanted to do rather than um, projects that. Uh, they asked him to do, which is how Street Fighter actually came about. Street Fighter Two, sorry, because they asked him to make a fa- uh, Capcom asked him to make one game, and he made Street Fighter Two instead. Well, there you go. And uh, so Konami's loss is Capcom's gain. Indeed. Oh, good. So we're on to the final game, um, and it's I always when somebody picks this series of games and what, uh, because I never played them so I'm sorry but it is a Legend of Zelda game the Window Breaker on the GameCube yeah I Legend of Zelda is probably my favourite game series I just love them I'm not a big fan of like RPG games like say Final Fantasy because I, I I just don't like turn based fighting because it just annoys me sort of take a few steps, go into a fight sequence, take another few steps, fight sequence, fighting to just keep going. And that's why I like Zelda so much. Now, thinking of Zelda games to take on a desert island, I've got, I've got um, Zelda games that I prefer, like Link to the Past or Ocarina of Time, but Wind Waker is one of the, is the Zelda game which I really enjoy but I've never completed. I've never gone all the way through it. So if I was stuck on a desert island with one Zelda game, I'd want a game which I haven't finished yet. Because, uh-huh. So that was my reasoning for choosing the Wind Waker. And I think when it first came, it went a different way with the graphics, the cel-shaded graphics and whatnot. Everybody sort of dissed it, and they sort of turned the nose up on it, and they're really missing out because it's a, it is a great game. It's a really good Zelda game. And I think people, when the GameCube came out, and originally with the tech demos for the GameCube, they showed all these like really sort of realistic Link and Ganondorf and whatnot. And then when the actual game came out, it was really cartoony. People were like, oh, man, what are you doing? You've got all this, this new powerful system. Why haven't you done this? Um, if you... You can't... The, the graphics look gorgeous. Like the, the HD remake on the, the Wii U is lovely to look at. But um, you've just got to go into the gameplay and the actual adventure. And, uh, like, the, they always do something different. Like, 
with the the open worlds they, they tend to that's the thing the one of the main criticisms with zelda is that they're all pretty much the same with the weapons that you get and the dungeons are all quite similar which i suppose is true but um they always try and do something different with the open world like in wind waker they've got the the sea which is massive and it's, there's great loads of things to explore and loads of things like extra quests to go on and whatnot um, the same with Scarborough Sword, where you've you've got it's basically in the air uh, instead of the sea or in like a Hyrule field or whatever in Ocarina. But it's just because it's such a massive game and there's so much to explore and the the world's so big and you've just got so much to do and um, just going through the actual storyline is only sort of uh, half the game. Yeah, and it, it's just. Um, yeah, I just I just love Zelda. I, lo- I love the uh, love the the characters and I love the world. And it's, yeah, so yeah, I think that's why I chose Wind Waker because I haven't completed it yet. And sure. uh, it's a uh, it's it's a very underrated game. Yeah, there was a, there was also a direct sequel called uh, The Legend of Zelda Phantom Phantom Hourglass. Yeah, on the DS. On the DS in two thousand seven. Yeah, which I've. I've I've played a little bit, but I've never really had a DS. It's just one I've played on, um, like if I borrowed it from a friend or whatever, I've had a, a quick blast on it. But uh, there is still quite a few games which I uh, need to play, especially most of the Game Boy ones. I think the only one, the only Game Boy one I've completed is um, Link's Awakening, which yeah. is great. But um, one of my things, I did a video about my collecting uh, goals for... 2040, and that is to get a full box and complete Zelda collection. Which, yeah, uh, have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah, which I want to do. The only one I've got at the moment is um, Ocarina of Time box and complete. The trouble is with Zelda, they they're starting to, especially like the SNES, like Link to the Past. If you want a, a full box with the map and the the secrets um, booklet and everything, you you're paying top dollar for it, and I just can't really justify spending that sort of money on one game at the moment so it's, it's, it's going to be a matter of saving up I think but uh, I will get there at some point yes maybe maybe if you get a little windfall or something you can smash yeah, it yeah you never know but uh, fingers crossed yeah what did you think of uh, the Zelda series Chris? Oh. Uh, well I'm a Game Boy fan and I loved um Link's Awakening, which was very much a spiritual successor to uh, Link to the Past on the SNES. Um, and then there was um, Oracle of Ages and Oracle of the Seasons. And then on the Game Boy Advance, you had a couple of decent ones, actually. You had Four Swords, which was interesting because you could play it with a Game Boy player and have uh, four GameCubes playing it all at once. So you could have four Links playing it separately. A Minish Cap, which is much underrated. And you actually had Link to the Past, which came across onto Game Boy Advance as well. But for me, um, my favourite Zelda so far is actually A Link Between Worlds, which I'm playing at the minute, the new one on the 3DS. Um, I've just got into Lerule, which is linked to Hyrule. Uh, and it's really good fun. I'm really, really enjoying it. It's done a, a really good job so far. I do want to... I do need... I need a 3DS first, that'll help. But... Uh I, the only time I played it, I played at a um, Play Expo last year, 
Mm-hmm. They, they had it set up there, um, but you could only have like a well, about a five minute go on it. But from what I was playing on it, it seemed really impressive. I the fact that it's, it's still in that uh, that linked um, universe as well. Yeah, and it has its own um, its own. Every every Zelda game has a unique feature that it brings to this, and this this one, the unique feature is that um, when you get to Larul, you can do the the dungeons in any kind of order that you want, but also you can um, go 2D onto the walls so you can mould into the wall and then go like behind stuff and go across walls that way and stuff like that so it's, it's kind of a unique feature to it oh yeah most definitely I, I like the fact that they have done uh, something different with it it's nice I will I will play that game at some point it's very much um, you know uh, building on the the best the best known Zelda really which yeah things to the past yeah, most definitely. Oh, well, that that was your eight games and eight awesome games. Um, Just a quick recap. So we had Shadow Dancer, Rock and Roll Racing, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Tetris, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game, Doom, Strider, and Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. So eight awesome choices. Um, wow, thank you very much. <laughs> before, yeah. I, before I move on to the, the book and the luxury item, uh, I just want to give a quick shout out for um, Garshead because he's doing a charity um, climb up Ben Nevis uh, in the near future. Uh, and if anybody is interested in supporting him, you can go to www.justgiven.com forward slash s hyphen sadash. Horton one. Um, yeah, he's, he's doing, I was going to do something silly for charity this year, like I did last year, but um, I think uh, he's as much sillier because he's a fat bloke like me, and he's trying <laughs> to climb a mountain. <laughs> he is insane, but I have a lot of respect for him for doing that. Yeah, for sure. He's raising money for the the Mayhew Animal Home. Um, I think basically he was because he, he keeps dogs himself. Uh, or he's got a dog and I think he got it from one of these places so I think he's it's a charity that he supports and he's doing really well in his donations so far so if anybody else wants to donate again it's slash s give us your fucking money sorry sorry I was just uh, channeling Bob Gilworth there ah right ah, give me your fucking money yes <laughs> I mean, he's doing well. He's raised um, so far two hundred twenty-six pound eleven, and I think his initial oh. target was two hundred. So he's very good. He's, he's the target, and he's. I think he's now raised the the bar up to three hundred pound. His next target. So I put a fiver in, and I'm skinned. So anybody can really. Yeah, yeah. sure. I'll put some money in. So yeah. well done, Stephen. Keep it going. <laughs> Unfortunately, myself and um, I just did a disaster last week, and I had to get my I walked myself out of my house. Um, when my wife was down in England, I couldn't get into the house, and I had to get a locksmith, so I spent a lot of money on that. But I might try and do something similar what I did for Chris, which was sell a game. Yeah, I'll need to try and find one that will raise something, and at least we can try and do it that way. It's a good idea, man. I've got um, six eBay auctions on at the moment, and they've all got bids on, so I'm happy. So I've made six quid at least. Excellent. Dirty reseller. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on to the next section of the show. Uh, I just I did touch on this earlier on. Uh, you were mentioning catching up on YouTube videos. Um, one of the things I give you as well is a the complete works of Steve Benway. Uh, because on the original Desert Island Discs, you get the complete works of Shakespeare. So instead, you get the complete works of Steve Benway. You can go into Desert Island and catch up on Mr. Benway. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. I actually enjoy that. And also, uh, so I don't know if you can hear that cat in the background. I never got the complete works of Steve Benway. You did? Are you sure? Uh, it was in the script. I might not have mentioned it. Oh. <laughs> Chris, belatedly, you've also got the complete works of Steve Benway. Excellent. And you both also get a subscription to the Retro Gamer magazine. Ah, we can read the same articles every three months. Yes. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> much. I couldn't have said that on your show then, Chris, because you would—I'm sure you would have made that comment if I did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I apologise. Uh, usually, I'm, I am a professional, but um, uh, I, I'm going to use the excuse that I was being put off by Harry Yak. Yeah, bastard. Yeah. These these people interloping other shows. I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> What is the world coming to? Ap- apologies for me interrupting tonight. It's purely for technical reasons, I assure you. No, no, thanks. Um, thanks again for stepping in to host it because, um, unfortunately, um, the, I've been locked out of the hosting studio. Um, so if you didn't step in, there would have been no show. So thank you. I, I, I wouldn't take it personally, John. I don't think they're trying to tell you anything or anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, it could be my computer for a while, but anyway, we're on to so that's the main thing. Yay. We're on to the book now, and you've picked a book called The Kingdom of Fear by Hunter S. Thompson. Yes, I do like Hunter S. Thompson. Um, basically, if anybody doesn't know, Hunter S. Thompson was a a journalist of sorts, Um in the 60s and 70s uh, with his, his main eras and if he basically wrote his most famous book is Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas which they made a movie of in the late 90s with Johnny Depp and Benicio Del Toro which is one of my favourite films because it's just insane but brilliant um, he sort of coined the term gonzo journalism he did yeah gonzo journalism um, which, well, he's, he's, he's basically, um, he sort of wrote about some of the stuff he'd done, but it was all sort of um, different characters which were sort of versions of himself. And I, I think some of it was uh, <clears throat> a little bit, um, oh, what's the words? <laughs> Exaggerated, that's the word I was looking for. But... Um, just really entertaining, uh, really entertaining reads. Uh, Kingdom of Fear is, is is basically the nearest he gets to an autobiography. The start the start of it is quite autobiographical, biographical. But then he sort of goes off into like a tangent about different um, experiences, and it's it's just um, a really good read. Um, it's um, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just trying to think of things to to say about well, it, but he's, 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 he's quite he's quite a character. He's he's definitely quite a character. Apparently, uh, sorry. sorry. No, but there's, there's a bit in the book where he's talking about um, going round. I believe it's um, but Jack Nicholson's house. I think it's Jack Nicholson's house, and Jack Nicholson lived in the the Hollywood Hills, I believe it was. And he basically just went round south, and Jack Nicholson wouldn't let him in. So he parks up on the hills, and with this huge speaker system. And uh, and a shotgun, and basically blasts off these round shotgun shells into the air, and plays on this huge speaker system, just noises of pigs dying, to keep him awake, and I believe that actually did happen, and uh, it's just full of just random shit like that, plus the the copious amounts of uh, drugs that he was taking as well. But it's it's, it's, um, it's just the auto like the autobiography biography of a madman but a very very clever man as well he's my uh he's my favorite writer's favorite writer and who's your favorite writer probably um i didn't pick one of his books actually for desert island but my favorite writer he's he's only done two novels but he's done loads of comics there's a guy called warren ellis oh god yeah warren ellis yeah and he he, he did a series called transmetropolitan and the main guy in it spider in this dystopian future was a journalist and he he was basically like a futuristic version of Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, is a great is a great series of books. Yeah, and what Warren Ellis is awesome. Yeah, what well, if you've ever watched um, Red, Retired and Extremely Dangerous, or Red Two? That's um, based on Warren Ellis' work, and in fact, some of the Iron Man Three plot was based on uh, when he did when he wrote for Iron Man. Yeah, if, if no one's Red Warren Ellis is well worth um, um, taking a look at because his uh, his stuff's excellent. He's yeah. done two novels at the minute: Crooked Vein and Gun Machine. It's not read any of his novels. They're good. Yeah, fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, I would have thought so. Very Irvine Welsh, in fact. So. Uh, All right. I know John oh, would like him. Oh yeah, I love Irvine Welsh. Yeah. Love that style of writing. I like the. Changing from character to character through the book and he doesn't do that, but it's it's very much from he does a little in crooked little vein, but it's very much from the the PI his um, point of view. They're both crime novels existentially. Oh, excellent! I'll, I'll, I'll have a look. Yeah, but with regards to this kingdom of fear, uh, a lot of the stories are placed in. Text of the aftermath of the September 11th uh, terrorist attacks as well. That's uh, right, yeah. It's, obviously, it's emphasis on the heightened police and military operations after that. Yeah, he, he tends to write about um, like the the big um, events in American history, like um, he did like about the Watergate scandal, and he wasn't a big fan of uh, Nixon, uh, like in his, his 60s books. But uh, yeah, he, he does tend to sort of focus on like these these big american events and then does us like a story like based around them uh yeah he's, he's a they've, they've done a, a couple they've done three films i think based on his, his works is uh, what was, uh the latest one rob diary that's it yeah which i've still not seen yet but Very then good. there's um where the buffalo room which had um, bill murray in it which mm-hmm. is pretty good 
Um, but yeah, there's Fear and Love in Las Vegas, Emerald and Diary, both got Johnny Depp um, in them. Yeah, very good. He um, he was very outspoken about 9-11, and on the day of 9-11, actually told in an interview that he thought that the US government had something to do with it. Yeah. He thought it was an inside job. Well, yeah, there's, there's uh, definitely those uh, there's, um, theories around for that. But, uh, well, it's, the thing with Hunter uh, S. Thompson as well is that these, these no other way but he could have gone out of this world than the, the way he did. The, he basically went out the way he lived and just basically shot himself when he's had enough. And he's got a huge monument. He had his ashes shot out of a cannon. <laughs> and he's got a... Which was basically... Um, in this documentary about him, which is um, which is filmed around the same sort of time as Johnny Depp was hanging around with him to sort of like research for Fear and Loathing. And he's trying to get this this monument made, which is the big um, Gonzo symbol, which is the the closed fist with the the eye. Mm. And uh, yeah, he's saying then, but when he dies, he wants his actually shot out of a cannon over the hills behind his house. Sounds like a good idea to me. Yeah, which he did. So. <clears throat> he also Thompson also claims to have um, worked in the O'Farrell Theatre, which is a notorious pornographic theatre. Uh, and he's, I think he talks a bit, a bit about that in the book as well, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Um, that and he's, he, I think he talks about like hanging with these Hell's Angels as well. Uh, he gets mixed up with these Hell's Angels, which uh, he, was, he, he was always very counterculture, wasn't he? Oh yeah, most definitely, most definitely. That is, I mean, I've not, I've not read the book. Cover to cover, but I've, I've heard of the book and I've heard of the guy, and um, I think if I was on the desert island, I'd have to borrow that one from you. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I, I need to read more. I, that's one of my main voices. I don't read. Really, was the I think one of the last books I actually read all the way through. It's, it's one of those books I just couldn't put down. It's like a cover to cover. I bet you've read Fifty Shades of Grey, haven't you? You know what? I cannot wait until that movie comes out. It makes me just a little bit hard. Moist. A little bit moist. Yeah. Um, I haven't, but I've heard it's shit. Yeah, it's so great. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Glasgow version of it. Really? <laughs> Basically, it's like, you know, like the way us Glaswegians talk, it's like, all right, I just want you to rip your shell suit right off and <laughs> pull your nickel to the stick, man. 50 Shades of Chav, isn't it? Yeah, 50 Shades of Chav. <laughs> the Glasgow version. I'm going to pour a special brew over you. And I'm going to stick the bucky bottle up here. <laughs> I read a little bit of Fifty Shades of Chav. It was quite good, actually. It was talking about how um, she, this guy started spanking him with a mega drive, spanking her with a mega drive cord, and she knew she was in for a treat tonight because she nicked his favourite dinner from Iceland, a prawn <laughs> ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... <laughs> I think we just move on from um, Fifty Shades of Chab. Um, <laughs> just in general, yeah, I'm the same. Um, books I've got downloaded onto my um, iPhone or iPad or whatever, and I just never get down to reading them. But one day, one day I will. I've always got good book recommendations. Always. Right, Go on, recommend one right now before we move on. One right now, easy. The Wolf yeah. on Wall Street. Ah, ah, yes. That's the one that a major motion picture. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And capturing the wolf. Sort of a 
the two books in one, really. Cool, man. Yeah, so I need to get a good reading list and find the bloody time to read them as well. Or a Battle Royale. Great book. Again, made into a motion picture. Oh, yeah, I love the film. Yeah, it's a fantastic book as well. There you go. Ah, there you go. Sorted. Right, there's your, there's your reading list, ladies and gentlemen. Three books okay, there. Sorted. Oh, and obviously Crooked Little Fane and Machine Gun by Warren Ellis. I've just had a light bulb moment. Was to start a retro online book club. I don't want to keep up with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, we could all read a chapter each. We could all make a video and each read a chapter each in a video. And then we could make a little book on tape. Yeah. <laughs> we'll when you hear Mr. this noise, <laughs> turn the page. We'll, we'll speak to Mr. Uh, about that one later. <laughs> <laughs> I, do need, I do need book recommendations. I'm, I'm running dry at the minute. I've got um, those two Wolf on Wall Street books to read, but after that I'm done. Um, what about the old Dow's back catalogue? <laughs> I've read them all. He's oh. dead, so I'm not likely to get any more. Oh. Okay, but we better move on to the luxury item before we spend too much time on books. <laughs> um, luxury item, possibly the most one I've picked so far. It's an iPod. Oh God, yes. If I if I had to go through um, a single day without listening to some sort of music or other, I think I'd go mad. So if yeah. I ever go deaf, I'm going to be really pissed off. Because yeah, I love music and I uh, can't sort of deal with not listening to any sort of music uh, at least at one point during the day. So it is, it is a a definite uh, essential item which I'd uh, like to take with me onto the desert island. It's, it's interesting you should say that because I was thinking about this earlier on, and I don't want to. Well, I'm going to get into offensive territory here, but um, <laughs> I'm not meaning offence to anybody that's deaf or blind. But if you had to have one of those taken away from you, what would it be? Uh, oh God, um, I'd have to go with my sight, I suppose, because at least, really? yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's a hard one because if I couldn't listen to music, that would fucking suck. But then again, I couldn't be able to see. So, I don't know. This is a real hard one. My mind was wandering this morning on the way into working the bus, and this was what was going through my mind. If if I was deaf, I couldn't listen to music again. But if I was blind, I would never see another pair of boobs. No, shit, that's so, the point. But then you could, you still have, you'd have a more of an excuse to uh, to touch boobs. So, yeah, I see with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then again, you can always... You can always I, um, I'd lose my sight and become like Daredevil, and I'd be fine. I'd move up to Scotland, I'd be able to see everything. It's always fucking pissing and raining out there. <laughs> Is it now? <laughs> <laughs> I believe England's been getting the worst of the weather recently. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where you blame your poor performance in the rugby on? <laughs> oh, that, it, actually, um, rugby's for poofs. What? Yeah. That, that's the words of um, Woodland. Well, yeah, well, we all know how clever he is, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> and I want to say that because we lost. Scotland are so bad at rugby, I'm actually expecting us to get beat by Italy. Oh. Oh, yeah. That is a low blow. 
Yeah. Yeah, I would, um, I don't know, I would, uh, with the music thing, Rich, what are you listening to at the minute? Um, what are you sort of tuned in on? I listen to quite a lot of electronic stuff at the moment. Oh. Um, currently, the, the track that is on my uh, iPod at the moment is uh, Doctor Who by the by Orbital. But um, Have you ever listened to any black audio? With I have No. It's uh, the AFI singer, Davey Havoc. It's his oh, right, project. Yeah. It's very electronic. Ooh, that sounds interesting. It's very, very good, yeah. I'll have, have a look at that after this. But um, at the moment, I'm listening. I like a lot of um, Lone. And who else we got on here? Ba, 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 ba. London Grammar? Yeah, London Grammar is all good. Like, uh, I did have it just a minute ago. Crystal Method. Uh, Bonobo's pretty good. Of course, Born to Canada were just excellent. Uh, I actually listen to a lot of, uh, it's not really electronic, but uh, Danless Stack vs. Scroobius Pip. And they were played in the Bristol the other day. Yeah, yeah, they're playing in Nottingham on the day I go to um, play Expo, which is a right pain in the arse, but uh, hey. One, one of my favourite um, things to do in iPod, or one of my favourite ways of listening, is to listen to it on Shuffle. Yeah, oh, I always listen to it on Shuffle. Which reminded me, which, which gave me an idea of a kind of challenge or a question, if you're willing to take part. Oh, go on. Right, put your iPod in shuffle and tell me the first five songs. That come up. Right. Okay. Let's have a look then. Um, I'll start from the, the beginning. Here, go to songs. And Chris Will is doing that. If you want to take part, by all means, get your iPod and get yourself ready. Okay. One sec. Right. I am ready. Right. Okay, one sec. Uh, where are we? Music. Yep, go for it. Right. First one, Rich. right, first one, let me just put this in here. Shuffle is um, A Forest by The Cure. Ooh. So I'm, I'm going to be interested to see if any of you guys come up with any guilty pleasures in your first five shovels. No, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Shank. Uh, what, what's this? Finger Boys? We like... No, it's not. Um, <laughs> it's Metallica 1. Nice. Nice. Okay, number two. Uh, is Dirty Hole by Vast. You've heard of Vast. No, I've not. No, Vast were well. They still are. They're still still around. They they're like a um, bit. They were like a sort of gothic rock band in the nineties, and then they went a bit um, a little bit uh, heavier after that. But they're one of those bands which I've always loved, and they always do really really good songs. But they never really got the mainstream uh, uh, success which I think they deserve. They're quality bands. They're called Vast, B-A-S-T, which stands for Visual Audio Sensory Theatre. But, yeah, one of my favourite bands. So check them on YouTube. Yes. Very cool. Number two, Chris. Uh, in Me, Underbelly. Uh, what kind of music is that? Uh, in Me was kind of um, like a new metal, but they were like a trio. So the Underdose, sorry, not Underbelly. And they were kind of like... Um, 
uh, like a kind of very kind of a cross between grunge and new metal, very loud, very heavy, um, lots of shouting, lots of singing. So yeah, really, really just a really kind of get up and go kind of rah, music. Cool. Excellent. Yeah, I've heard a little bit of them. I used to play them at uh, Rock City when I used to go there quite a bit. Yeah. I used to play quite a bit of them, me. Well, I, went yeah. to, I went to Rock City in Nottingham to watch the Hives. For years ah. Yeah. Good old city. Yes, it's been my local haunt for I've been to Rock City years. twice, I think. Uh, yeah, it, it's not as good night, as it used to be. Like the rock club night. Yeah. Let's share for one then, Rich. Right, third one is um, True to Life by Royksop. Mm. Of their album Junior. Which is what kind of music? Uh, electronic-y, a um, little bit dancey, but more sort of half electronic or half dance. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're quite... Um, Quite popular with the with the the, uh, the pop pickers, but no, I, I really like them. They did um, a song called "Airplay," which was quite um, quite a big hit. Sort of back. It, they, they first started in around about 2000, I think 2001. But uh, yeah, they're from Sweden, I believe. Cool. Um, yeah, the quality quality band. Okay, Chris, number three. Dr. Dre and Tupac, California Love. Oh, nice. California Love. <laughs> Excellent. Getting quite a variety of shovels. Yeah. Yes, indeed. But yeah, it says that's a quality song. Love it. Excellent. It's a pity we can't play them, but obviously we can't. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> right, shall we go for number four? Yes. Have a look. Um, ah, quite a new one. Um, this is Versions by Moderat. Um, one of the, uh, I think it was one of Enemies, or quite a few um, public music publications uh, albums of the year. And he's um, quite electronic as well. There's, there's quite a bit of electronic stuff on there, but um, it's only it's an artist I've only just started getting into. I've not really listened to the whole album yet. It's just been on my iPod on shuffle and everything sort of uh, it appears every now and again but yeah it's, it's quite good it's, it's quite um, sort of soundscapey there's not really any like poppy tunes or anything it's lots of electronic soundscapes nice cool right class number four uh, the Von Bondis come on come on oh, good god <laughs> Von Bondis didn't one of them get punched in the face by um, Jack White from the White Stripes. Probably. Okay. I think that happens. I do. Um, I love the Von Bondies, and I only got turned on to them because uh, we watched me and my wife, well, mostly my wife, watched a uh, a um, TV show called Rescue Me, which was about um, New York City firefighter after. Oh yeah. September. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, with Dennis O'Leary. Very very good series. So yeah, the Von Bondies, come on, come on. Just love that. Another day, come on, come on. Uh, I haven't listened to Von Bondies in a while, actually. I used to quite like them back um, when they first sort of came out. Mm. Yeah. Oh, last one for yourself, Rich. All right, last one is uh, Cornish Acid by Aphex Twin. <laughs> That's 
Oh, he is. It's, um, Apex, Apex Twin Richard D. James, he's, he's basically just done about everything. He's, he just brings out album after album of different sounding stuff. Like, he did loads of sort of drum and bassy stuff and lots of... Then he did lots of electronic stuff and then he did, like, just noise. And uh, he did... I think it's one of his most famous ones is Come to Daddy. And he's got... a you probably, if you haven't heard the song, you, you'll know of the video, which is just basically this sort of really skinny monster guy screaming at an old lady. Mm. Come to daddy, come to daddy, come to daddy, come to daddy. And he, he, he keeps, oh, they've got all these little kids with uh, masks on, which basically are just sort of grotesque versions of Richard James's face. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he is quality. Cool. Your last one, Chris? Uh, it is a bit of a guilty pleasure, actually, and it's Kid Rock ah. Picture featuring Cheryl Crow. Ah, I think I've got that album. Cocky. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Well, somebody sent me it. <clears throat> Obviously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I am a big Kid Rock fan. I'm not going to like any qualms, but I do like a bit of Kid Rock. I think he's... Um, I think he, he catches a lot of shit from both the rock and the rap crowd, and I think it's a bit unfair at times. I think he's just having fun. Yeah, yeah. He is. He's, 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 he's okay, yeah. He's been around for donkey's years as well, hasn't he? Like, even before he, he sort of got um, famous, like, when he was doing stuff like Yodeling in the Valley, and... Uh, That's right. Because like he's Detroit, is he? Detroit player. Yeah, Detroit play. Because I know he did a he did a song with the Insane Clown Posse on their first album. Oh yeah, he's done a he's done a lot. He's done um, stuff with just about everybody. Yeah. Biscuit, um, Corn, or all the major rap guys. He was going to do something with Johnny Cash before he passed away. Mm. Um, you know, Skinnered. He's uh yeah he's I think overall he's just a big music fan which is yeah you know you, you sort of see his stuff there he, he does a he just loves anything powerful. Well, I say it was like that that big hit. What was that song he had that was a big hit with he basically sampled Skinnerd. Oh, it's the Sweet Home Alabama one. That one, yeah. Yeah, another one you're talking about. Yeah, it's pretty good. I quite like it. Yeah, I quite like it. He's done. He has, he's, he's changed his style quite a bit from when he first started. And it's definitely okay. stuff like Ball with the Bar and uh, American Badass. American Badass. Yes, Undertaker. Yeah. I'll go through five quickly as well before we end, just to join in. But this is going to be mostly classic rock, probably, so I apologise. Right. Oh, I knew it. I, I, the one I would hope wouldn't come up, Bon Jovi. <laughs> Something for the pain. I like Bon Jovi. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I like them up to a point, and then they're like, no. They 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 went to give up. I think. Is it up until he cut his hair off? But he didn't have his eighties poodle perm anymore. He sort of uh, lost all his powers. He has. Um, he runs in New Jersey. He runs something called a Soul Cafe. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. Yeah, I've heard about. Yeah. You can get a, basically. You can pay whatever you want towards a meal, and if you don't pay, you can work a shift work doing dishes or whatever to pay for your meal. Yeah. All right, and number oh, yeah. two, ah, uh, Reef. Oh, I like Reef. Oh, I like Reef. 
I recently got the box set for my Christmas, but this, well, this isn't the box set technically because they put all the albums in it, but this is one I've had for years called Locked Inside, which is a really, really chilled out song. It's I can actually, I sometimes listen to chilled out songs when I'm trying to drift off to sleep, and that's one of my favourites for drifting off to sleep. It's just, it's I think it's I think it's about taking drugs basically, <laughs> which I do obviously, but yeah, it's that kind of vibe. Uh, number three, uh, new East band, but the kind of ACDC style band called Airborne. Oh yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> they're pretty mental. I've seen them in concert a few times. So, uh, the guys are nutter. Um, and a song, song called Bottom of the Bell. It's a classic. So that is for me anyway. <laughs> uh, number four, oh, Bon Jovi again. I don't believe it. <laughs> I, I do honestly have other genres in here but it just always when you're doing this these things it's actually crap ones but this is going back to New Jersey Well There's a Wind hmm. nice. and the last one Rainbow Rainbow a good band from the 70s uh, Dio you, you know, uh, Ronnie James Dio he used to sing for Rainbow yeah and some stuff. so that's my five anyway Maybe not as cool as you guys, but there you go. Go <laughs> oh, man, you can't beat a bit of rainbow. Indeed. <laughs> Zippy and George. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, I better start to, to wrap up, because we're getting to the two-hour mark. Yes, we are. Yes. Once again, thank you very much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been wonderful. I've had, I've had a very good time. Thank you very much. Thank you. And Chris, thanks for been the host and coming on towards the end as well it's been great no, to chat again no problem sorry I had to watch the walking dead so I not be here for the full thing <laughs> <laughs> and just to mention that on Saturday night uh, on the I Got Gameplay podcast we had a very special guest Al Wall who was the creator of the Wizard Street Larry uh, mm. game sheets and it was awesome to talk to him uh, if you missed it you can catch up on that on the Blog Talk Radio, Retro Online Radio Network, and on iTunes. Um, I recommend if you're a Legend Street Larry fan to go and listen because it's it was brilliant to talk to a legend who was very patient as well because there was a few technical hitches at the start of the show, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been told <coughs> told to listen to that, which uh, it is in my uh, my to do list. So I, I, do. I don't have any legends on my show, but make sure to tune in to the Retro Renaissance podcast every Sunday at 8.30 GMT. Indeed. Same stream. And it's, um, sorry. It's, it's a good one this week coming. We're going to be doing survival horror. Ooh, oh, sweet. So, yes. Um, yeah, um, and you can catch all the previous episodes of Desert Island Games and Retro what's that word again Retro Renaissance podcast. yes Renaissance uh, podcast on iTunes and you can get all the I Got Gameplay ones as well so make sure to tune into iTunes for that uh, but I'm going to wrap it up there so thanks guys again and thanks for listening people goodbye bye bye